greet everybody, right? Just kidding. Well, welcome. Let's get right into it this morning. And welcome. If you're here for the first time, you're going to be glad you came to this service. I'll tell you that. This is, we're going to start a brand new series. Let me tell you about the, how, how it came about. So last year, actually, I think it was more than last year, you know, the Lord really dropped this idea in my heart to teach a series. But, you know, sometimes I've discovered that the God will give you a, a message and sometimes the message is not for the, that moment. Sometimes it's a year or two years. I remember when I was a president of ICFM Mexico, we had about 97 pastors under us. And one pastor came to me and said, you know, I don't know what to preach anymore. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, how can you run out of stuff to preach? You know, this Bible's alive. This Bible is, I have messages that I've, outlines I've made and probably in the thousands now, over 27 years, and there's always something fresh in this book. Amen? You here this morning? Amen. All right, look alive, okay? So the title of this message is simply called, I Know a Ghost. And you're like, that's creepy. No, it's not. Actually, it's a title I took from um, a song by David Crowder, and I'll give him credit. It's not my idea. But it just really got my attention, because we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit for the next few weeks. And, I, and I, I want to approach it from a different perspective, because um, in my experience, and I've done it, you know, we, when you've been preaching for 27 years, you've covered a lot of ground, it, it always seemed like the teachings that I would encounter with the Holy Spirit, and, and I've done them, there's nothing wrong with that, but they were always kind of geared to get people to understand what the filling of the Holy Spirit was. And we'll talk about that, but that's like week three. Where I want to go is to get to know him and the importance of why everyone in this room, and of course, I want to welcome our online audience. You know, we have a whole church. I call them the upper tier of the church on the online this morning, so God bless you guys. But I think, you know, if you just commit to, to finish the series, come to the series. If you miss it, of course, everything's archived and podcasted, and it's all free for you. Not free for us, but free for you. And you can always go and download it. But I think it's essential, really essential, essential, that the church has a working understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and, and what his function is and what specific function is and that we grow in that. And again, you know, I'll talk a little bit about my experiences. I came, you know, most of you know my story, but I came from a very, you know, traditional Baptist background and nothing wrong with that. I grew up in central Mexico and I tell everybody I was, I was you know, my parents would drug me to take me to church, not drug with chemicals, but they would drug me from the car all the way to the church, you know, just, it was like you didn't have a choice, you know, it was you go to church, and ever since I can remember, I've been in church, you know, since, since I was a baby, and then, of course, I took 14 long, miserable years running from God, and then came back, but when I came back, you know, I, I came back into what we understand as a charismatic experience, which was great, and I, and I don't want to ever, ever change that, and again, nothing wrong with the Baptist. But most Baptist teaching, not all of it, most Baptist teaching kind of stops there, and um, they, don't, they don't dwell deeper. But I made a choice, and this is a choice that you're going to have to make, and I want to, I this is like my introduction. You're going to have to make a decision, and you have to make a decision pretty quick about this, that if the Word of God, if you, if you make a choice to be a follower of Christ, if you make a choice, you don't have to be a follower of Christ, but if you make a choice to say, I'm a follower of Christ, you make a choice to live by this book. You know, it is, and I have some people say, well, that's a book written by man and blah, blah, blah. And well, if it's, if it was good enough for Jesus, good enough for me, because he used scriptures written by men to defeat Satan in the desert. Amen. No, this is a Holy Spirit inspired book that, you know, and it has history and it has 
uh, poetic aspect, and it has the Jewish law, which doesn't apply to us, but it's still part of the book. But it has everything you need to live by right here. Are you still here this morning? And the decision is very simple. You know, if the Word of God says it, I believe it. I don't need a lot of explanation. And I have enough evidence in my life to know that God is real. I don't need somebody, you know, somebody come say, well, God's not real. I'm like, you're a little, you're about 27 years late <laughs> with that news because I've seen God in so many ways in my life and miracles and signs and wonders and all kinds of things I could share with you. So God is very real, but you make a decision. So once you decide to do that, then, you know, what, what is our part, you know, is the New Testament. And the Old Testament promises still apply to you, but they have to be in relationship to what the New Testament is to you. And the New Testament is what Jesus gave us, right? He, you know, the story of, of the gospel and so forth. So with that comes everything, you know, and including this idea of who is the Holy Spirit and why it is important to us. So, so we're going to go right into it this morning. And I want to just read, you know, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And we've got up, the, up on the screen to help you guys. But if you have a Bible, you know, look it up in your Bible or your iPhone or your iPad or whatever you got. And it says, um, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. Now, before I, before I begin to read, today, this Sunday, is what we call Pentecost Sunday. And it's kind of cool about it because I wasn't really, you know, following track. I knew it was coming. I, I wasn't, you know, it's 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. Now, Pentecost, I want to, you know, before we read it, it is significant because Pentecost is also part of the Jewish tradition, and Pentecost is named as the Shabbat, and it is a Jewish holiday. And it, why is it significant for the Jews? Well, they commemorate the single most important event in Israel's history, and they believe that was the giving of the Torah. In other words, the first five books of the Bible is called the Torah, which is the basis for the, for the, for the Jewish faith, and it is in its very esteem. So they celebrated... Shabbat, which would be 50 days after Passover. Now, Jesus, we celebrate Easter, which happened during the Passover week, and we still have 50 days. But what happened, what's significant to us, and I'm going to read it right now, that that day, the Pentecost, the day of Shabbat, that the Jews were celebrating, was also the day that we recognize as a church, the beginning of the church. This is the event that's, that's, that marks the, the beginning of this. And when I say church, forget about walls, the church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the, the, the moving, breathing assembly of all believers throughout history. So the church started, you know, on this day over 2,000 years ago. Amen? Well, probably not a little, little less than 2,000. But that is why it is significant for the Jews. The Shabbat was what they celebrate. This is a Jewish celebration, but, but God is not doing anything different from Israel. And if you're watching the news, Israel was under a lot of problems the last few weeks, and a lot of people were criticizing Israel, and you don't want to go there. You want to honor Israel. They have a right to defend their, their land. And if you go back historically, for those that there are some people that say, well, what are they doing there? Well, let me help you. The Wailing Wall is much, much, much older than the mosque on the hill. Hello. So that land belongs to the Jews. But the point of it is, God still has a special heart for the Jews. So, so God is dealing with the Jewish nation, but he's also dealing with us. And he chose this day. God chose this day to be significant, just like the Jews is a celebration of their most holy books, the five books, first five books of the Bible. That's their most holy books for the Jewish people. God also chose this day to say, this is the day the church begins. Isn't that cool? I think that's, that's amazing. He could have picked any other day. No, but he, he made it significant. So let's go ahead and, now that you know the history, let's go ahead and read it. So the day of Pentecost um, came, and they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind 
came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. Verse 4, all of them, say all of them, remember that little word right there, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God's fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Maedus, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome. And what I want you to understand, let me make a pause here, is Pentecost or, or Shabbat was a big, big, big celebration. It was like, you know, what we would equivalent of maybe a big fair or something that happens only once a year. And people from all countries would be in Jerusalem. They'd be selling their items. You know, it was a big, big party. Imagine, you know, a, the equivalent of a gigantic county fair or something like that, where everybody's in on this. And a lot of, you know, a lot of foreigners, that's why the Bible takes time to mention, you know, all the people that were there. And then in verse 11, it says, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, were here from declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked another, what does this mean? And we'll stop right there. So I'm just giving you the historic moment that we understand that God placed the Holy Spirit on the church, or let me put it this way, in the church, not on the church, in the church. Now, we're just going to leave that right there. I want to just give you the, the, the history. So, verse 4 makes a very simple statement, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want to break down for you as we introduce this is we want to get these key words, and the first key word that I want you to see is the word neuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. If you can move forward in, in, in the slide, you'll, you'll get to it. Um, you can skip that. We already talked about that. Just give me the next one, RJ. Okay, neuma. Now, let's, let's, let's break this down because this is really, really important. So neuma is, is the Greek word that simply means to breathe. It primarily denotes the wind, the breath, the spirit, which, like the wind, is invisible, immaterial, and powerful. Now, this is really, really important that you understand why, because the Holy Spirit, and I know the title of my series is called I Know a Ghost, because some people call him the Holy Ghost, but it's also known as the Holy Spirit. But the word that was used in the New Testament is the word neuma, which means air. In Spanish, we would understand it, because in Spanish, if you know, not, not in South Texas, it's not a very common word to Hispanics in South Texas, but in Central Mexico, a tire, you know, car tire, is called neumatico. And simply means it's, a, it's, it's something that's filled with air, right? So neuma means to be filled with a wind or an air. But it also represents the breath. And, and like, you know, the, the title of, of, the, of today's message is, you know, is neuma, part one is neuma, to understand the breath of God, to understand what this really means. Because when we just say Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, we kind of just take away a little bit of the essence of who the Holy Spirit is. So with that in mind, let me, let me show you something. Let me, let me give you an illustration. For example, you know, the last few days, and praise God, we prayed last Wednesday. Well, Wednesday before last, we prayed. No, last Wednesday, we prayed for, you know, for rain and all these things, and we've been blessed, and the rain has come, and things are good. And there was a lot of wind. I don't know if in Hebron, you guys experienced the same thing. There was a lot of wind. 
and you can see the wind moving and the trees shaking, and somebody would point out and say, hey, look at the wind. How many have done that? Boy, it's windy. Look at the wind. Well, that's kind of incorrect. I mean, we all understand what we're saying, because you're not really seeing the wind. What you're seeing are the effects of the wind. Amen? You're seeing what the wind causes. And the word neoma is one of those principles that we have to understand because the Holy Spirit is referred to as the breath or as the wind of God. And we, and we saw in the, in the book of Acts, the, the experience, the actual Pentecost experience, the people that were in that room, you know, and Luke's the one that wrote this, he said, there was a wind, the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And that was the entry of the presence of God. And, and this, is, this is important that you understand because when you think of Neoma, and I can use this to illustrate a lot of points. I want to, I want to say an outline because I really got a lot of things I got to cover this morning. But let's go into, let me just show you a couple of scriptures. First of all, John 4, 24. And the first thing you want, to, you want to resolve right now is God is the Holy Ghost. Everybody say that. God is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not an it. You know, King James Bible sometimes calls it an it. It says itself. But, you know, if you had a good friend and you said, hey, it, you know, or called him a thing, it probably wouldn't be a good friend for a long time. Because the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not separate from God. The Holy Spirit is not separate from Jesus. And sometimes, you know, in our little human head, we can't put, you know, we can't grasp how three things can be one thing. But, you know, in your own life, there's three things that's one thing. For example, you have a human flesh. You have a soul. In other words, your mind, your will, your emotions. But you also have a spirit. So you, are, you by yourself, are, are, are a triune being. Triune means three. So, you know, if you understand there's three elements to your life, you got the flesh, you got the soul, and you got the spirit, you're still the same person, right? Hello? Amen. But then, the gods, you got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they are three, and they have three, you know, specific characteristics, or three, you know, if you want to say personalities, you know, that you can define God the Father, you can define God the Son, and you have to define God the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, it's the same thing. So you're not separate, you can't separate the anointing. And again, back to a little bit of my experience, I kind of cut it off in the middle. When I came to God in 1992, of course, I came through, you know, word of faith, but then I, I, I began to attend a word church, it was also a Pentecostal church, and they moved a lot in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there were a lot of things that I would see and some of you might have had that experience. And I would look at it, and I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, I was so hungry for everything, but something in me said, you know, that's not the Holy Spirit. You know, there was something else that's something deeper than just running around the room, than just, you know, experiencing all these things, even deeper than speaking in tongues. You know, we, 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 we're going to get to that, and that is part of your experience, and you should be hungry for it, and you should desire it. But let me tell you something about that. You know, the whole, you cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. So when you say, Jesus, come into my life, and if you're here for the first time this morning, or you're in a situation where you're like, man, you know, I don't even know if I'm born again, or maybe, you know, I've been walking away from God. When you say, Jesus, come help me, Jesus, save me, he comes with his spirit. You can't separate them. Amen? Because I know some people say, well, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not. No, 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 no. That's a whole different thing. The, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells with you. And again, we're going to talk about this probably in week two or week three, but I just want to throw it out there. The experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit is simply something that you ask for 
And what it is more than anything, because the Holy Spirit's already in you, it's the acknowledgement and giving him that place, and then you beginning to understand those, these concepts that we're going to be teaching here for the next few weeks, because I do believe that everyone should have, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, think, I don't know how you can function without it. And God will give you a prayer language, and God will show you things, and, and, it's, and it's such an, an empowerment. And, and we're going to, like I said, we're going to unfold all this, but I want you to have that desire. I want you to have, but at the same time, you have to see it in the Word. Because what I said at the beginning, we, we chose, we're choosing to live by this book. We're not perfect. Not one of you is perfect. Not, I'm not perfect. The only one perfect in this room is Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? And we strive for that, and we look for that. But you know, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit also. Baptism of John, right? I mean, he has the same experience. So if Jesus is our example, well, we want to pursue the things that he had. So, so be open, you know, in your heart to understand where we're going with this. So now, let me give you another scripture, because we, we really want to break down this idea of pneuma. We want to break down this idea of the breath of God. And the next one, I, well, let me read this one first. So John 4, 24 says, God is spirit. In other words, you can't separate God from spirit. You can't separate God from pneuma. And he's just like air. He's everywhere. You can't see him, but you can see the effects of him everywhere. Are you here this morning? I'm trying to get you somewhere, church, where your Christian life and your Christianity would be the most exciting thing that's going on in your life. This is not tedious. You know, what, you know when it becomes tedious? When you don't have the Holy Spirit. Then, you get, then the only thing you have left is religion. And there's people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, and they're very religious people. So religion is something that creeps up, you know. So Holy Spirit, and it says, and those who worship him. Are you here to worship the Lord this morning? Amen. You know, the word worship, Old English word for worth, for value. The word worship means worth-ship, means the value that I give him. You valued God enough this morning to be here this morning. Amen? You valued God enough to, you know, try to live your life to the best of your ability in honor and respect to him, where it's beyond the church walls. I hope that's you this morning, you know. I hope your Christian experience doesn't stop at the door. Mm-hmm. Holy grunts go all across the room, right? Um, and he says, those who worship him, what's the next word there, church? You can read it. Must. must. Come on, say it. Must. must. It's not like, okay, this is a suggestion. If you want to, si estás de buenas en la mañana, no. <laughs> American people says, was that tongues? No, that's just Spanish. No, it's, um, it's a must. It's a must. In other words, the expectation of God is you must worship God in spirit and truth. It's a requirement. And the Holy Spirit, one of the things that he's going to, you know, you're going to see it if we get to that today. We will. If not, we'll do it next week. The one of the things that one of the key attributes that I think is so valuable for the believers, is that the Holy Spirit will take you to all truth. You know, you, you, if you watch the news and you think that's truth, you, you, you need some help. Or if you're that person that says, well, I saw it on the internet, oh boy, you really need help. <laughs> well, it's on Facebook. I don't even know what kind of help you need at that point. <laughs> Maybe you're beyond help at that point, if you believe everything that's on Facebook. No, you know, they're, they're, we don't know what truth is anymore. I mean, it's just, we're just pounded by news media, and if it's on the left, you get the left edge. If it's on the right, you get the right bias. And, you know, the world, for the most part, has gone crazy, but guess who's still about the same? We are. Come on, church. Some people say, oh, Christians are crazy. No, we're the ones that have stayed normal for 27 years. Amen. Well, at least some of us. 
No, I'm thinking about it. I was talking, uh, you know, we're talking to um, Joe McCroskey and Eric, and we're just talking about, I said, you know, through all the crises that we've been in 2009 and COVID and, you know, two, you know 9-11, we've been through all that. But you know, what, you know what the one thing that has not changed? Our relationship and our rhythm with God. We just keep growing. We're still prospering. We're still healthy. You know, my wife and I and my family, we're probably living the best season we've ever lived in our whole life right now. You know, all my kids love Jesus, and I'm, they're filling up my house with grandbabies, and that's awesome. Amen. We had a great time yesterday, you know, with, with the grandkids, and my wife went home. We're just, you know, nothing has changed for us. COVID didn't change my lifestyle. The 2008-2009 financial downturn didn't change my lifestyle. 9-11 didn't change my lifestyle. Are you, are you understand? The best thing you can uh, uh, attach yourself is, is to this, because this doesn't change. God said, I, don't, I change not. God is the same yesterday, today, forevermore. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you to make decisions right now, as, as I'm speaking, to say, you know what? I'm, I'm done with trying to figure that thing out to, outside. I'm done with the drugs and the sex and all the craziness, because, you know, that's, everybody's doing that, and everybody's in the same mess because they're doing it. And it's time you wake up. It's time you make a decision. It's time you say, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm going to live the Holy Spirit way. I'm going to live the God way. I'm going to make some choices now. I know I'm imperfect. I know I have a lot of issues. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about you. Just break the ice. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. But we need this. So we must. This is a must, especially as, as the times are going. If you think the world, you know, right now said, okay, praise God. It's so good to see you, by the way, that Almost everybody, if not everybody in this room, I can see your face. You actually do have a mouth now, you know, because with masks, I don't know if people just didn't have mouths anymore. You know, so, so are we turning to normal? Well, I mean, yes, thank God for Texas, by the way. Thank God for our governor that makes some, come on, give our governor in this state a hand clap because we get it. They get it. So some people, are we returning to normal? I'll tell you right now, it's not going to return to normal, normal. That's never going to happen again. You know, every time somebody coughs, you're going to go, Whoa. I'm still trying to figure out this whole thing with the vaccinations. You know, if you're vaccinated, why are you worried about those of us that aren't? Big dog thing. I'm saying, you know, I'm just saying. Because that's like the big thing. Well, if you're, if you're not vaccinated, wear a mask. I said, well, if you're vaccinated, why should you worry? And I'm not going to go down that path. I promise I'm not going to get political today. I, I actually did. I said, God, don't let me get political today. All right. Let's go to the next one. So, you, so it's, a, it's a requirement. But now I want you to look at this one in Job. The next scripture I want to show you is in the book of Job. And it's, um, let's see, where am I? I'm, I'm lost on my, my own outline here. Okay, here we go. Job 33.4, very powerful scriptures. The Spirit of God has made me. Now here, we're going to start breaking down this idea of Neoma because it says, the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Isn't that good? The breath. So now that word breath is actually a lot closer to the definition that we find in the New Testament. Okay, let's go to the next one. We're just going to build a line upon line this morning. So now let's go all the way to the book of Genesis. And you're going to find here, let me see, breath. Okay, Genesis. Did I skip one, RJ? Say back up one. I'm sorry, just, there we go. No, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just trying to figure out. i got more notes here than i got slides. So, let me, let me give you some of the things that breath represents before we read this. So, so once Job said, 
The breath of the Almighty gives me life. So to me, you know, breath represents life, strength, peace, safety, refreshing, oxygen, and recovery. Now, if you've never dealt with, you know, think about, think how interesting this is. If you don't think COVID was one of the most demonic things that has ever been unleashed on this earth, what was the attack, the primary attack of COVID? Your breath, your lungs, the lack of oxygen. You know, think about that. Because just, you know, air, your oxygen, I know hopefully you've never been in a situation where you, were, where you didn't have air to breathe or you were in the water or something happened where you really desperately needed breath. But I'm telling you something, that is one of the most, you know, if you're in that situation, <laughs> I've been in a couple in my life, you know, where that next breath is like the most valuable thing you could ever have. When you don't have air, you die. Amen? It doesn't take long either. You know, um, a lot of the treatments they do for medical situations and for infections, and i got to tread carefully because I do have a doctor on the front row, and he'll correct me later, I'm sure. <laughs> but they add oxygen on so many levels. They try to oxygenate your life. Oxygen, correct? Oxygen heals. You see, God created everything. He created your body. He created the system. He created, and you don't think everything's connected. Everything's connected. Spiritual, natural, connected it. And just like you need every single breath that you take. And some of us, we temp, sometimes take it for granted. But your body, even when you're asleep, thank God, it's breathing, right? You don't have to tell it, breathe. But every single breath, and think about what the, your breath does. It brings in the oxygen. But when you expel it, what comes out? Toxic chemicals. And all this is, you say, well, Pastor, I think you're stretching it. No, no, because God made everything for a purpose. And just like there was a song back in the 90s, it was, we used to sing it a lot. We used to play it a lot in the praise and worship. It's still a great song. It's called You Are, what is it? This is the, the air I breathe. And it's talking about the spirit of God. And what I want to get to in my life, really, I'm, I'm really on a trek right now to get to that point, or at least to, to try to walk this out, that your relationship with God is as desperate as your next breath. Think about that statement. That your, your relationship with God and your moment with God and you hanging out with Jesus in the morning, is, it should be, you should be so hungry for that and so desperate for it like if it was your next breath. Amen? Are you listening to me this morning? Because we are living in a time where you are going to need him so close. And God did not leave you out there hanging. God did not say, okay, you're born again. Enjoy the ride in that messed up world. When you get to heaven and the sweet by and by and the big pie in the sky and everything's going to be fine. No. He knows this world was broken. Amen? He knows this is a messed up deal. And he knows you've got to navigate through it. We're not... We're not called to hide in a church building away from the world. We are called to go in the dark and dirty corners of this earth and shine the light of Jesus. That's our calling. But you can't do it without the Holy Ghost. And you can't do it without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going with this. Okay, so now let's go all the way to the book of creation. Because I'm still introducing this because I want you to see it. I showed you, you know, book of Acts, the experience, one of the statements that Job made, one of the statements that John made. Let's go all the way back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 2, it says, the earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth. This is the Amplified Bible. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. 
Now, this let there be light is not the, not the sun. He makes the sun a few days later. This is, you know, the explosion, the expansion, the moment that God said spoke life into the earth. But who is involved in that? Come on, church, don't go to sleep yet. Who's involved in that? It's right there. It's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is hovering, brooding over, and he's just waiting for the command of the Father to bring it to pass. That's what he's doing. He's hovering, brooding over this, this mass of darkness, and then God said, let there be light, and guess who is the one that caused the light? The Spirit of God. He is the, he is the working, if I can put it this way, he is the, he is the mechanism of, of labor, of everything that God does. It's his Spirit that heals your body. It's a spirit that formed the earth. It's your spirit that shows you things. This is, a, this is an exciting way to live, especially nowadays. And then, you know, you see this, and I, you know, years ago I was thinking about this scripture, and maybe you can relate to this. And I was reading it, I was reading it from a different translation, and I had that aha moment. I said, you know what, that was exactly my testimony right there. That's exactly my testimony. When I was without God, when I was running from God, you could have defined my state my physical existence, my miserable physical existence, as waste, empty, and darkness was upon the face of me. And the Spirit of God hovered over me because I had a praying mama and I had a praying wife. Come on, church. Better thank God for those people who pray for you. But I, I sensed it. When I was running hard and fast from God, I should have been dead so many times, church. You have no idea. But you know what? It was the Spirit of God that protected me. I had a, when I was 17, I, had, I, I totaled in Mexico City, my parents, 1979 Ford LTD. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it was a, that's a car. The front end is bigger than most cars today. And I hit that concrete post so hard that I shoved the engine block into the car and walked out of it just with a little bit of scratches and bumps. There's no way I should have walked out of that thing. But you know what? The Spirit of God hovered over me. Even though I was running from God, God knew that I wasn't supposed to die. Come on, somebody. Some of you were supposed to be dead, and you're not because of the Spirit of God. And I can tell you stories and stories and stories. I'm not going to do that. But there was a lot of things in my life that, that I knew. And I was, running, I was running from God. But the Spirit of God still hovered over me. And guess what? Those of you here in the building, if you're still trying to run from God, you might as well just give it up. Because he's never going to leave you alone. He's never going to leave you alone. And it's your bad that you were born with a Christian mama. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And a Christian dad. Because I'm telling you, get, get, you know, young people listen to me. You might as well just go ahead and accept this. It's a wonderful life. And it really is. It's not religious life. It's an exciting life. You might as well stop running from God. I really, you know, hindsight and guess, you know, thank God for my testimony, but I would have just rather not ever ran away from God. Who knows where we'd be today, right? I didn't start this till I was 26. That's when I came to Jesus. Imagine if I had started this when I was 14. I'd be that far ahead. But you can't run away from God. The psalmist wrote it this way, even though I go to the deepest hole, the darkest cave, your spirit will not leave me. That was David when he was running from God. Well, he's running from Saul, but he understood the presence of God. You see, God is this wind. God is this wind that's with you all the time. And you don't have to see it, but you'll see the effects of it all day long. Amen? Now let me show you another one. Let's go to the next one. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. We're, we're just tracking 
this idea of Neoma this morning, this idea that God is the breath of God. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils, what does it say there? The breath of life. Your very existence. You know, science, you can have a perfect, I don't know, I'm just going to use it as an example, but it's still, it's still a true statement. There can be a dead body that has nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's got all the organs function, everything functions, but it's just dead for whatever reason. And science still doesn't know how to ignite that life back on. You can have a perfect body. And they can, you know, they can do all whatever they want to. Because the, what, what ignites your life is the spirit of God. Amen. You are alive. Every breath, everything, even the, even the God-haters, even the people that mock God and the atheists and everybody out there, every breath and every heartbeat comes because God wants it to happen. It's right there. He is the breath of life. He is the pneuma. He is the air. He is the one that makes us sing. And the, and the Bible says, and the man became a living creature. Some translations say a speaking spirit. And that's the difference between us and animals. Because you're not going to find that in the animal kingdom. Now, I do believe, you know, I, I, I love pets. I got dogs and, you know, we're not going to talk about cats because Angie will get mad, but I'm not sure why God made cats, but dogs are good, dogs, good pets. She's not here. It's just an ongoing joke I have here with her. But, you know, we are different. We have something that we're wired completely different. And God made sure that this breath and this air, because you have to have it. And like I said, you can, if you're not born again, you're still under the influence of the Spirit of God. That doesn't mean you get to go to heaven yet. That just means, that's what, that's what amazes me of all the God-haters. I'm, I'm just sitting there kind of, you know, sarcastically smiling. Like, dude, these, you know, conversations I've had with atheists and they're so anti-God and anti-everything, I'm thinking, you don't even realize. The, the reason that your heart beats and the reason your lungs take air is because God wants it to happen. Because he is the air we breathe. Amen? Okay, so now that you have a foundation of, of the importance of the Holy Spirit, you see him in the creation, you see him in, in the creation of humanity, you see him at the beginning of the church, you see him throughout the ministry of Jesus, there is nothing that happens within, from Genesis to Revelation, there is nothing that happens that the Holy Spirit's not involved in. So my question is, is there anything that happens in your life that the Holy Spirit's not involved in? Well, there's probably a lot of things that happen in our life that the Holy Spirit doesn't. I'll, I'll speak for myself also, you know? So let, let's keep going on this. Let, let's keep moving. Like I said, t -t this morning is more of an introduction, but I want you to leave with, with this. So in the Old Testament, the Spirit would come upon people for a purpose, then he would remove himself. Now, why is that? Because you cannot have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in you Unless you have the born-again experience. Unless you, on your own will, say, Jesus, come into my life, you know, you, you cannot have him dwelling in you. In the Old Testament, that's why we see these great feats of faith that sometimes are, are amazing. You know, for example, Noah. Everybody know Noah? Noah and the ark? If you don't know Noah, we're going to take you to Super Kids for a while. Well, Noah, you know, nobody had ever seen rain. To start, amen, nobody knew what rain was. And God said, you need to build a boat. And Noah's, what's a boat? And God gave him the plans and the diagram. There's a thing out here in, in somewhere up in Kentucky. I really want to go see it. 
It's called the Ark, and they built a replica exactly to the, me- I mean, it's in the Bible. You, I mean, it's measured out. It's not like God said, make a boat. No, God told you exactly. I mean, all the measurements are in the Bible, which is really kind of cool, right? And, God, and Noah builds this boat. And then, the, you know, and he does this amazing feat, and people mocked at him. They, they're the old crazy man. What are you doing? What's a boat for? Nobody ever had seen rain to start. And most of the time, they're living pretty much in the Middle East, which is a desert. You know, they got beaches and stuff. But Noah, where Noah built the ark, there's not a, not a beach to be seen there. And he worked on this thing for a long time, knowing that God told him to do it. And everybody thought he was insane. And he does this great feat, and, this, and the whole time the Spirit of God is on him, teaching him, helping him, moving him, him and his kids. And, you know, and he does this thing, and the flood comes, and he survives. And so what's the next thing Noah does? He gets drunk. You're like, what? You know, are you kidding me? You know? The Spirit of God came upon Abraham for him to have kids. I mean, the guy's 100 years old. That's pre all the science. The Spirit of God was on him. He does an amazing feat of faith, but then he has a, a kid with a woman he's not supposed to. And then he lied about his wife. And don't even get me started with David. David moved with the Spirit of God probably higher than anybody else in the Old Testament. He was a psalmist. He spent a lot of time with the presence of God. But, you know, the Spirit of God, one day, he just decided not to do what he was supposed to, and he ended up committing adultery and having a man killed. So he said, how could these guys have this amazing faith and amazing presence and then do something so amazingly stupid? Well, the Spirit of God would come on them, and then the Spirit of God would lift. Because the Spirit of God could not dwell until Jesus came. Are you still with me? The final sacrifice had to come, but now he gives us the ability that the Old Testament people didn't have, that the Spirit of God will abide in you. In other words, the Spirit of God will never leave. Are you with me? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And every one of you, and this is not, you know, he doesn't leave because of bad behavior like he did in the Old Testament. He'll never leave you. I know people that are running from God today, but they, at one time, they gave their life to Jesus. And that's why I'm telling you, they're the most miserable people on the planet. How do, ask me, how do I know? Because for 14 long, miserable years, I was the most miserable person on the planet. Thinking I was doing my own thing and running from God and partying like a rock star and all that kind of garbage. But it was always empty. There was never any fulfillment. There was never any moment that you said, wow, that was really awesome. Are you here? Spirit of God never left me. He was there. I think that, again, again, I think that's one of the reasons I'm alive today is because the Spirit of God made sure I got through those crazy years. In the New Testament, the Spirit is received and remains with the person, and that's you this morning. So you have this, and we're going to really start breaking down probably next week more than this thing, but now that you understand that neuma, that the breath of God is not just what makes you breathe every day, the breath of God is on you. It's his presence He's never far from you. Imagine what our everyday behavior, I include myself, what would our everyday behavior, how would it be modified if we were so, so aware of this? Because he's the Holy Ghost, but he's also your holy guest. And he's there with you all the time. He's there with you when you get on the Internet and you go to places you're not supposed to go. He's there with you. He's there with you when you act unruly or unrighteous or you pick a fight or you say stupid things or you tell a lie. He's there the whole time. He doesn't stop loving you. 
but he's there. But why isn't it such a thing? I just think people aren't aware of him that much. And we have this branded concept that we go to church. No, let me help you. You are the church. You go to a building. This is a building. This is not the church. This is the building. You, you know what makes it the church? You. And if we were to leave this building and go over here in the backyard, the church would be in the backyard. And when you're alone, you're the church. When you're family, you're the church. You know, it, it's just a wonderful way to live. You know, I, 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 one of the things, and I don't, I don't do it to try to, you know, influence his thinking, but I make sure that he's involved in it. You know, and my kids saw it growing up, but I think because of my experience now with my grandson, it's a little different. But he's so aware of this stuff. You know, a few weeks ago, and I don't know, we've been praying for a while, but, and I shared this testimony, just, you know, give God glory for it. So we have a tank at the ranch, and it was getting really, 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 really low, like, like you know, fish dying low. And we spent some effort and some money, and we developed a little, you know, a little fishing hole, and it's fun to have and all that. And every time, I remember talking to H about it, every time I looked at it, it's like your faith gets sucked out, right? But we had prayed, and I remember more than once, and, and we finally got real, and I went with Caden down to the water, and it was down to, like, muddy, you know, still fish are still alive, and it was like, I said, we speak life over this. Those fish will live and not die, because we spent, you know, he helped me. We brought fish, and he's been part of the whole program, and we speak life over it. And, you know, and we'd watch the, the weather channel, and showers would here and there. Well, you know, it finally, we finally got it. Whatever it was last Wednesday or last Tuesday night or whenever it was, you know, we had a, within a couple, within three days, we had a total of six inches of rain. I mean, you should see it now, man. You can't even see the tank. It's out of oh, every fish. There were dead fish on the road because the creeks ran over and the streams running. I got a video that shows it looks like there's rapids at the ranch, Freddie. I'm telling you, man. But you know what? That speaks of what we have. So, Pastor, you guys are insane. That just happened because it was rain. You call it what you may that I know what I prayed for, and I know that I call life over that pond. And if you come here Wednesday night, you hear us pray about that stuff. You see, the Holy Spirit is that key factor in your life that you understand. He's the one that carries all the power. You, without the Holy Spirit, are completely powerless. And, and it's kind of a shame because every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but unless the, the Holy Spirit is also, how can I put it, if I can use the word gentleman, he, he will never invade your life. He will, and that's why, you know, I, I would see things, again, this is not maybe not the moment to, to, to open this one up, but if you've been around the Pentecostal experience, I've seen things that, you know, even in my innocent years when I was first trying to figure this thing out, you would see things that you'd raise an eyebrow. You're like, well, I don't know if that's the Lord. It just seems so out of whack. You know, people like completely losing control over themselves, and I'm like, no, 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 that, that can't be the Holy Ghost. And later on I discovered the Holy Spirit will only operate where you permit him to operate. He will not violate your will. Now, he's with you all the time. But we have to grow in that understanding because the Holy Spirit is the part that was left for us. God is in heaven. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. But his spirit was left here. He didn't abandon us. And he gave all of us the ability to receive him and him to remain in us. Now, with that in mind... Let's see. Go, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now we're going to go back to the book of Acts. Now this is right at the beginning. And this is Jesus giving instructions about what happened in Acts chapter 2 that we already read. We're not going to take time to read it again. But Acts chapter 1, 
Jesus is basically giving the final speech they're ever going to hear. This is it. You know, he's already died. He's resurrected. He descend, you know, he, he ascended to the Father right after his death, but then he descended and he made himself known to them and he walked to them for 40 days. So for 40 days, in other words, from this point to Pentecost, you got the 10 days, right? The 50 days. But Jesus is right there and he says, listen, boys, you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. Let me help you with that word. The word power is the word dunamis or dunamis. It doesn't matter how you pronounce it. It's the Greek word. But it's where you get the prefix for the word dynamite. It's not just power. It's explosive power. It's a power. You know, what does dynamite do? It, 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 it blows things up. That's what it does, right? But one of the things it does, it takes something and changes it. And in, in, in my experience with construction, there's been a few times where we've had to work with, with dynamite in, in central Mexico and even here in, in the States, uh, working over at the Laredo Columbia Bridge, there was things, some things that had to be dynamited out. And they would take a hill and they would seed it with explosives and that hill now turns into a pile of rocks. So the explosive power has the ability to change and transform whatever it is applied to. Do you agree with that? That's what, so that is really what the, the, where we get the word dynamite. So you could say you will receive explosive, life-changing power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then he kind of tells you some of that power. It says you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus makes a statement, says, the Holy Spirit is here available to everyone in this room, everyone watching me online, everyone hearing this message, anywhere, at any time. And it's not just to say, oh, I got, you know, I got little goosebumps, I felt the presence of God. Nothing wrong with that, but this is so much more. So much more than an emotional experience. And that's sad to say, a lot of the Pentecostal experiences that I've seen are very emotionally charged. Amen. Now, if you come to this church, you probably haven't seen a whole lot of that, but, you know, you go, you, you, you go around, you'll see some crazy stuff. And you wonder, is, is the Holy Spirit, Joe, for that? Because I know you know what I'm talking about. Is it just to run around the building? Is it just to get my hand shaking? There's not nothing wrong with that. It has to be something else. It's power. It's life-changing power. And where I want to go with this this morning, you know, if you're here this morning and you're struggling with different things in your life, the only reason you're struggling is you haven't plugged into that dynamite. You haven't plugged into that explosive power because everyone in this room, I know you all look very holy, including your pastor, we all have issues. Just go ahead and say, hey man, pastor, set yourself. We all have issues. But the only reason we continue with issues is because we haven't learned how to get that life-changing power of the Holy Spirit to help transform those issues. You know, I speak a lot with, do a lot of drug counseling, alcohol counseling, and I tell people right off the bat, you know, this is, the only way this is going to work is God. There's a lot of things we can do, we can do a lot of programs, and we can say a lot of things, but at the end of the day, are you willing to let God take that part of your life that you have lost control of? It's going to get real here, huh? God did not leave us without the power. He didn't say, okay, y'all safe, hope you hang on to the end. You know, because this is, a, like I said, this is a dark, messed up world. And you definitely need to understand that, you know, the person of the Holy Spirit and grow in it. And it's not just about talking in tongues. You know, well, I want to know about that. We'll get to that, but there's no point in getting into that because unless you know the person, 
It doesn't matter. Anything else matters. You have to know what he is capable of, and the more you're capable of, because let me read to you a statement. And this is not my statement, but this is one of my heroes in the faith. He's gone with the Lord, but this is one of my all-time heroes that I got to, I actually got to see him once, maybe twice, but I know for once, sure. And his name's Reinhard Bonnke. If you don't know who Reinhard Bonnke was, you need to Google it. This guy, I mean, this is so God. Reinhard Bonnke is one, one of my greatest inspirations in ministry. He was a, you can't get any whiter than this guy. He was white, German. I mean, he talks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. I mean, that's how he talked. You know where God called him to? I mean, he's as white as you're going to get him. He called him to the black Africa as an evangelist. And this is, I mean, you, you should Google Reinhardt and Google some of his services. It, it will give chills up your, he would have services in Africa and, and, different, and not just Africa and different nations, but primarily to the black people. Not only once, more than once, but he'd have services more than once. Everybody say more than once. Where there was over a million people in the service. And it's not a building. You, you understand that. It's a big field with speakers all the way back. I mean, this is a million people. One crowd, they believe it was 1.4 million people in one service. Wait. That's not, that's not just the power of it. They had over 1 million people born again. And not just because they calculated and said, oh, we think 1 million got saved. No, that's 1 million people. If you think we have logistical trouble here, Kathy, everyone filled out a card. Everyone got prayed for. You imagine the staff and the teams. I mean, if you got to minister to a million and a half people, everyone filled out a card. So it's not just like, well, I think it's a million. No, this was registered in one service. A million people born again. This is the kind of stuff Reinhard Bonk experienced. This guy had such an understanding of the Holy Spirit and his presence. And not only that, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the wheelchairs stacked up on the stage and the you know, eyes being opened and on and on and on and on and on. Because he knew something that, I'm, you know, that, that I've seen, but I haven't discovered it at that level, that he would just say, I just turned the Holy Spirit loose, and he does the work. Well, that's your work today. When you go through trouble, when you go through things, you know, what we're trying to, you know, when you go through bad moments in your life, when, you go th when you're facing hard decisions, all you got to do is turn the Holy Spirit loose. And he'll help you. And he'll tell you. Because, you know why? That's his. That, that's his commission. Now listen to this statement. I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs from one of Reinhard Bonnke's book. And this is so good. He says, power, what we're talking about power this morning, is the essence of the Christian witness. It's not a gospel accessory. That to me just, you know, just brings it home. It's not the bell on a bicycle. It's the whole machine. There is never the slightest hint that some disciples would be powerless. To be blunt, Christianity is either supernatural or nothing at all. And that is exactly what I believe. We live a supernatural life. Are you still here? The Holy Spirit causes us to move in the super. And that's not a, a weird word. That's not a ghosts and, you know, goblins word. It just simply means there's a natural plane and there's one that's above it. That's what the word super means. It's super above it. It just means it's above it. There's a natural circumstances that every one of you face every single day of your life. But guess what? There's a super over that. Come on, Jared. We don't have to live the way the world does. We don't have to, you know, fall into everything the world falls. We don't have to do all the stuff that the world, you know, decides for us. Amen? 
We have a super to live in. And when you begin to, to walk in this, you know, and some of you have been with me in those services, when you see, I'm telling you, you know, I don't know, I know Terry, I'm going to continue reading there in a moment, but Terry Mize, most of you know, great, great, good friend of this ministry and a good personal friend of mine, you know, he said, all the loser devils come to America. All the devils that don't make it anywhere else in the world, they come to America, and it's usually a religious devil. Because in America, you don't see a lot of demonized people, even though you know they're demonized. But you go to other countries, man, you see stuff. I could tell you stories, and some of you have been with me and on some of these mission trips, and I know RJ and H, and some of you, and of course, my kids, my wife. You see people that are demonized. We've only had one that I can remember in all the years here in this building, one lady, that she had a, a, a demonized she was a demon. Some of you, you remember that, Diana? She was a you know, heavyset lady. I don't know her name. I'm not going to say her name even if I knew it. And she came up here, and I started praying for her, and she started, you know, just like the movie, she, you know, kind of growling and, you know, that whole thing. And, and then she tried to gouge my eyes out. She went for my eyes. She went like that, and I grabbed her hands, and the strength on her was unreal. And I'm just sitting there, and everybody's like, okay. Thank you all, ushers. Nobody came to help, but that's all right. <laughs> They're like, well, I'm praying for you. You're on your own, Pastor Box. Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> They had that little handshake in, you know. That's a true story. Right here. Remember that? And I just said, come out in the name of Jesus. Boom, she hit the floor. It's over. She came up, her whole face was different. That's what I'm talking about. And that's gone over all, you know, in 27 years I've lost count how many times we've had those kind of experiences. There's a power in the church that every one of you has. When you identify demonic stuff in your life or in your house, and I'm not talking, you know, the exorcist. I'm just talking stuff that you know, that you know, that you know is not right. You just go in, you go in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. But if you don't know you have this power, how do you use it? And that, that really is the purpose of this series is for you to, to g- grab a hold of this thing and begin to move in this power. You know what the people out there are hungry for? The supernatural. And when people come with troubles and you know you have it, you don't have, well, you know, let me call Pastor Box. You can do that I'm, you know, if I'm available. If I have phone signal, that's usually the biggest problem I have. But you got the power to do whatever they need. Because it's not you. I'm trying to set you free. I'll share a little story later. Let me finish reading this. So he goes on to say, we had a, still have a supernatural Jesus with supernatural ministry, creating a supernatural church with supernatural gospel, supernatural Bible. Take the miraculous away, and you've taken Christianity's life away. You can't separate the Holy Ghost from miracles. It's the same thing, amen? The church becomes an ethical society or a social club when it is intended to be the grid system for transmitting the power of God into this powerless world. You and I are conductors of God's power to the world. Isn't that good? Last, cha- last paragraph. The Holy Spirit and the gospel of Christ's redeeming love are inseparably tied together in the bundle of life. So once again, what is the other thing we know God is? Love. God is spirit. God is love. God is power. If you have the ability, parents, listen to me, or grandparents, if you have the ability to avoid your child or your grandchild to have some pain, would you do it? Yes. Some of us might go a little further. Some of us might say, I wish it would happen to me, right? You know, I remember you know, when Caden broke his arm and when Maurice broke his arm when he was little. I don't know what it's with me. When, when you hang out with me, you break your arms. I don't know. Just, <laughs> I'm surprised Michelle didn't have a broken bone in her life. But, but we have a lot of fun at it, don't you? My point is, 
I wish that it was my arm. Right? Come on, parents. You're never like, oh, I'm glad that happened to you. I hope, well, if you are, you need some help. <laughs> I mean, there's some parents out there like that, you know, but most parents understand where I'm going with this. If you have the ability to make the life of your child better, if you have the ability to make the life of your child more prosperous, would you do it? Yes. yes. Well, that is exactly what God wants to do. Because God is love, God is power, God is spirit. You, don't, you can't change any of them. They're all one thing. So the Holy Spirit moves and navigates everything within the love of God. And anything that you, imagine, you know, Jesus, Jesus said, if you guys being bad, don't give your child a rock or a snake, how much more your heavenly Father will give you all things that you need? Well, I don't understand, Pastor, I know God is good. Well, you know what he uses to give you all things? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the, the delivery, you know, the, the one that brings the delivery system to this earth, to this natural plane. You got the spirit realm, you got the natural plane, and the Holy Spirit is the conductor. He's the avenue. He's the one that God will manifest himself through us by his spirit. Are you still with me? Let me finish reading this. So the gospel and spirit of the gospel of Christ, the redeeming love are inseparably tied together. I already, I already read that part, just wanted to reaffirm it. If you want to see the power of God, then ignore all the techniques. I like this part, this is so good. Manipulation and psycho suggestions and simply preach the word. You know, one of the sad things of Christianity, not, not, not all of them, I mean, there's some really good guys that are doing it right, but there's just like this thing, you know, I, I read a statistic yesterday, I think it was, because, um, you know, I, I dig into something, it says that 40% of millennials... And that means if you're, I forget what the millennial is, but you know, if you're in your 20s, 30s, I guess that makes you millennial, somewhere in there, um, up to 40s, I guess. But it says 40% of millennials, that's a huge number, they either don't believe in God, they reject God, or they don't want to have anything to do with God. That's a huge number. That's a sad number. And then the, and then the, the commentary was pretty good. I said, of course not, because then I read some other commentary, says, because why? Because a lot of these people... All they see now is if they actually have a church experience, they have a motivational message that it's all about you. Like basically the message is, yeah, we know you're screwed up, but Jesus loves you. That's not my message. Yeah, we're all screwed up, but Jesus is a screwdriver. And he'll fix you. And you don't have to stay all messed up. Are you with me? That's the message. And how does he do it? With power. We've had, we've had more than well, we've had two testimonies this year, one with medical results of people that were completely, absolutely healed of cancer. We got testimony in Laredo. And all right, this happened this year in our church. That's what I'm talking about. Those people, when, they, when somebody comes and you get diagnostic, you got cancer, you don't need a motivational message. Come on, church. You need some power. You, know, you need to find somebody who knows how to pray. You need somebody that's not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You don't want like, well, you know, let, let me make you feel good with my message. That's not going to heal your cancer. The Holy Spirit will move into that person's life or into your life and rearrange every cell in your body if he has to, and that cancer has to go. Amen. 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 Yes, give the Lord praise. And that's what we're talking about. How? I'm, I, I'm just, I've been studying for three weeks of messages, and I keep going back to week two, and I've got to stop that. There's some good stuff you don't want to miss to next week. Let's keep going. Stay focused, Pastor Box. 
I do not take, let me finish reading the paragraph. That is where the power, well, let me put it, then ignore all the techniques, manipulation, and psychosuggestions and simply preach the word. That is where the power of God is released, right in the gospel. I do not take only one thing out of God's treasure chest. I proclaim the whole gospel, which contains everything that we human beings need, salvation, forgiveness, healing, peace, hope, and deliverance. You see, you cannot separate the gospel message from the Spirit of God. You cannot separate anything that Jesus did. Jesus himself said, everything I do, I do it by the Spirit. You know, we don't have any recorded um, miracles. Now, there's some movies that did some, that, but they're not biblically correct. We don't have any recorded miracles in the life of Christ from his birth to the baptism of John. But you know what happens to the baptism of John? Now, he's holy. He's the son of God. He's never sinned. But you know what happens to the baptism of John? God gives him the Holy Spirit. And then the ministry starts. And then the power starts. And then you begin to see the miracles from the turning the water into wine to raising the dead. And you begin to see the miracles and Lazarus come forth and the lepers are healed and the maimed are healed. You know what that means when he says he healed the maimed? That means limbs grew out. Are you still here? See, that's the Bible. That's the Bible that you've subscribed your whole spiritual life on. And we are, we're like, oh, well, I'm not too comfortable with that. Really? Well, I don't care. And I'll tell you something. If there's a main person, they probably don't care either. They want their limb back. There's, there's Christians that get very uncomfortable when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And that, the reason is because they are too comfortable. They are too comfortable in a dead and dying world and not doing nothing to affect it. That's what they're comfortable in. We just, you know, me and my crew, let's just make sure we get to heaven. Don't rock the boat. Don't put, you know, there's, you know how many times I've heard, even people from Hebronville, there was a family that, you know, they still kind of hover around this church every once in a while. They're good people. I have no problem with them. But I remember they, they, they told somebody, oh, that church thing, it's just, it's just too much. Yeah, it's too much blessings. It's too much goodness. It's too much sleeping good at night. It's too much not spending thousands of dollars on medicine. Amen. That's what it is. Amen. But what they meant, it was like, oh, it's too tedious. I just can't go to church every Sunday. Well, but their life is a mess today. They, God still loves them. God's still with them. But unless they press into the power, there is no power. Because remember this, the power of the Holy Spirit is the power that you let him give you. Amen. He's got it all. Come on, church, grab onto this. The power that created all the universe sits inside of you. And we just sit there kind of like, oh, I got a headache. I'm not making fun of that, but you know, Holy, Holy Ghost heals migraine. Holy Ghost heals cancer. But until you engage yourself into growing that relationship... He still loves you. He's not holding you back. But you know, what is the limit of his power? According to the Ephesians, there is no limit to his power. It's unlimited. So the only limit to the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power, you know what it says in Romans? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Imagine that, a dead corpse. What kind of power do you need to raise him from the dead? He said the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells now in your mortal bodies. Uh, are you kidding me? You know, what is God telling me? And, and, we, and we keep limiting that. We keep, you know, compacting. Well, it doesn't really mean that. Then what does it mean? No, it does mean that. But we've harnessed it. You know, in other words, we haven't harnessed that power because we haven't developed the relationship. This is where this whole message is going. 
you know, next week, that's the title of next week's message is, how do we develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit? How can we really be that factor that every day of our life, we can have long conversations with him, and I do. Some of you are saying, well, I don't ever listen to God. You don't, you don't hear God because you don't shut up. That's the truth. I, I know this sounds silly, but this is what happens. You pray, oh, Father, thank you, thank you, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that, in Jesus' name, amen. Boom, and you're out the door. You send your little order, like if it was an Amazon order, and there's nothing else, and, and the Holy Spirit's about to, oh, where'd he go? Oh, I, I already sent my, my order in, I don't need, no, you need to learn to listen to the Holy Ghost. You know how much trouble we would not be in, including myself? You know how much more money I'd have, H? H agrees with me. <laughs> if we had listened to the Holy Ghost a couple of times. Both of us, right? We'd be really wealthy. Because there was decisions that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew God wasn't involved in, and I went ahead and did it. Y'all don't look at me all judgmental. You do the same thing. <laughs> Think about some of those things where you had that little prompting not to sign it or not to say it. Anybody? Somebody's got in your face, and, and the Holy Spirit says, don't run, don't, 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 don't. And you're like, no. <laughs> Come on, raise your hand if that's you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for keeping a few honest Christians in this church. You know what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit said, do, 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 do. <laughs> Three hours later, and your wife's beat the Jesus out of you. You're calling a lawyer, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit just told you, shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, talking to, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now. <laughs> I mean, the world would be a lot better place if everybody listened to the Holy Ghost, right? The church would be a lot healthier place. There would be no strife. There would be no schisms. Amen. If everybody was connected to the Holy Spirit, there would never be a disagreement. Even when there were disagreements, we would have to find a place of agreement because the Holy Spirit does not operate in strife. How much value are we going to give him? Are we willing, oh yeah, to crucify our flesh? Are we willing to lay our life down? Are we willing to carry our cross? So the Holy Spirit has a clearer voice in us? You know, because that's really the bottom line. The Holy Spirit, his biggest obstacle in your life is you. He's not, he's not a, moved by the devil. He's not moved by circumstances. You know, one of the things about society and, and, and politics and everything and, is that, especially right nowadays, if you, if you watch what's going on, and it's coming down the pipe, you know, they're trying to silence us. This is, this is next. You know, the church is... They're just trying to figure out how to shut the church up. That's, that's a big one right now. That's, one, that's big on the agenda. But you know what? This Bible and this gospel is not subject to any government. Come on, church. This, this Bible does not change if the U.S. government fails or doesn't fail. The word's still the same. This word is prospering people in Cuba where they don't even have food to eat right now. But you know what? The people that got wrapped onto this, not only do they have food to eat, they're feeding people. Don't tell me this stuff doesn't work. And I'm not going to let the U.S. government or any other government dictate what I can or can't do or what I can say or can't say. I'm not part of that kingdom. I'm part of this kingdom. And the Holy Spirit is the voice that is so necessary to
to understand this. Amen? I need to kind of land this thing. So let's go. Give me the next one. Let's, let's just wrap, start wrapping up. Let me give you these. these and this is quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. You know, we're going to break these down in the next couple of weeks. But this is some of the things. And I actually found 32. And I said, man, if I do 32, we're not getting out till 3. So I really summarized some of the attributes or characteristics and things that the Holy Spirit is designed and appointed to do. So he, first of all, he's called a counselor and a comforter, and all the scripture references are there. If you want to screenshot or check them yourself. He's called the spirit of counsel. That's a big one. That means, oh, I need some counsel. You got the Holy Ghost. He'll tell you what to say. He'll tell you what to do. He's the eternal spirit. That means he's, he's never, ever going to leave you. The big one, spirit of adoption. Romans says he reminds you that you're a child of God. And if you can keep that thing reminding you, guess what? You're going to look at life like, there's nothing I can't do. Amen. God gives you an idea of a business, and you go, yep, there's nothing I can't do. You get God involved in your business. You get God involved in, in your family. You get the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you how to run the whole thing. Amen. He's a spirit of grace. The, unfavored, you know, the, the, the unmerited favor of God. He's a spirit of knowledge. You don't have to be without an answer in this world. And I, this is a big one. This one we're going to talk about this probably more next week. Spirit of truth. You want to know what's going on? Pray about it. Again, I was having one of these deep, deep conversations with, with Caden the other day. Actually, yesterday. And he says, I want to know how you do that. And I was referring to, because he was talking about friendship. And I was, I was explaining, I said, well, you know, in this life, let me tell you about friends, Caden. You got tears. You got people that are closer than a brother. Then you got friends that, that you know, you love. And then you got people you can't trust. Come on. It's just tears, right? And he says, well, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to explain that to an 11-year-old. You know, it says, well, I really don't know. I just know in my knower if that person's for real. Are you with me? That is a kind of a lame answer to say, the Holy Spirit. And then I told him that. I didn't leave it there. I said, well, you know, I said, Caden, it's, it's just the Holy Spirit shows you things. And the Holy Spirit, and I don't know what your interaction with people is. Mine is really simple. I'm, I'm a pretty simple person, even in my interaction spiritually. I, I call it, you know, this might help somebody. I'll just say it wasn't on my notes, but I call it, it's like a traffic light for me. I have a green light, I have a yellow light, and I have a red light. And, every per and, and when I interact, these lights flash different places. Green light, boom, he's in. Yellow light, eh, he's probably all right, just don't let him real close. And red light is, whoa, get away. I don't know, that's just the way it works with me. But you know who does that? The Holy Spirit. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's been correct 100% of the time. And the times I've ignored it, he was still 100% correct. Because <laughs> there's times that I've let people too close, and, and the Holy Spirit says, don't put them that close. And oh, no, no, they're fine. <laughs> and, whoa, Jesus. I should have listened. Come on, somebody. You need to teach your kids this because there's a lot of people out there that, that want to hurt people. Here's the thing with society. You know, let, let me throw this out there. With society, what's going on is what you're seeing on TV and seeing in society, even seeing it in Heavenville and seeing it with, with people, is the people without God have no boundaries. They're limitless in their darkness. They have no soul. I mean, they have soul, but they'll kill somebody and won't even think about it. They'll throw a baby in the ditch. I mean, some of the stuff that you see out there is like, what? 
What did that mother do to her child? I mean, you hear some things that are so dark and so wicked. Well, all you're seeing is, is evil manifested. Are you still here? More than ever, more than ever, you as a parent, teach your kids this. Teach them. They got the Holy Spirit. You know, especially now that we have all these graduations going on. These kids are going into college. You've raised and nurtured those kids in, in you know, kind of a protected environment and kind of sort of Christian. And you're going to go dump them in a liberal, secular, anti-God, anti-America, anti-everything system? You better pray to God that the foundations are real. Because if those kids, all they got was a religion... Now, you still got a promise, instruct a child in the way that he should go, right? Amen, amen. But those kids will make some really bad decisions. Because everybody's doing it. Yeah, and a lot of them are going to hell, too, for it. No, see, the Holy Spirit, and, you know, and, and this is the beautiful thing. You know, even when I was running from God, I said, I knew, this, in a weird way, even in my weirdness, I knew God was with me. Because I think I told you guys this, sir, when I was 17 and I was, like, really bad. You know, some of you don't believe some of this stuff when I was 17. Some of you be like, what? When I was 17, I was playing video games. Yeah, when I was 17, I had a bar. And not a nice bar, cantina, like little doors. And Yeah, that was my, and I went to my mom one day because I was living in the, in the Mexican mountains running this little cantina and supposedly helping Monica's grandmother with a farm. But she didn't know all the other stuff we were raising on the side, but that's another story. I could tell you guys stories that make your head spin. Monica's just laughing. She's like, ¿Cómo te aguante, right, honey? <laughs> and I told my mom, I was kind of mad. I showed up. I had already been thrown in juvenile detention in Mexico City. Got out of that when I, when I totaled the car, her car. And when I came back and I told her, you know what, I don't think you even care for me. She said, why? I said, because you know I'm doing stupid things. You know I'm running around and you don't even care. She said, ay, mijito, with that voice. Yo te di adiós hace mucho tiempo. That made me even more angry. Like, what? That's not what I wanted to hear. In other words, for those of us who began, she said, oh, my little son, I gave you to God a long time. In other words, she had so much peace about her covenant with God that even though I was completely hog wild in my way of living, she knew I would come back to God. And I give God all the glory and all the praise that she sat in this building before she went to heaven. And she was very involved with our ministry for many years. You know what? That peace that my mom had, that's the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost assured her that it doesn't matter how hard I try to destroy my life, God's still going to be there for me. You know, that's the kind of stuff he does. Amen? You know, the spirit of truth, the spirit of life, energy, get excited about living. I talk to so many young people, it's, it's sad to say, you know, young people thinking about suicide, young people thinking about, oh, what am I going to do with my life? What's going on with society? We need to teach these things. The Holy Spirit ignites you. The Holy Spirit makes you excited about stuff. You know, my wife and I, we've been doing these VBS for so long, we're like into third generation. You talk about feeling old, like when the kids that used to come now bring their kids. But I'm still excited about it, Laura. I'm like, yeah, BBS is on. You know where that, where that excitement comes from? The Holy Spirit. Because he's excited about it. And it transfers. And he gives you the spirit of wisdom, making hard decisions, making difficult decisions. If you give him a place, he'll tell you which, you know, which way to navigate. I'm telling you, we have all this power that we're not using. And, of course, the spirit of the living God, the same spirit that God has is the same spirit that is on you. Amen? Amen. Now,
let's go into John 16, and this will be my last scripture. Then I'm going to show you something. Well, let me, let me read this, and then we're going to get into the area of ministry, and it's going to bless you. The Lord really spoke to me about this morning and where he's going with this. There is so much more I want to tell you. That sounds like me, right? But you can't bear it now. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Now, he's about, he, you know, John 14, 15, 16, 17, they're very powerful chapters, but a lot of that context of all these chapters is basically Jesus is preparing them for him leaving. He said, I'm, I'm going, boys. <laughs> now, they've been walking three years of miracles, three years of sign and wonders, three years of amazing things that they've seen with this guy. And now he's saying, well, I got to go. Y'all got this. Well, they're nervous because they're still thinking he's going to start a revolution. They're still thinking he's going to overthrow the Roman government. And now they're trying to realize that it's not going to happen the way we thought. His government is, they, they, the whole time they thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government. So when they see him on the cross, they're like, whoa. But before he left, he gave them these words. When the spirit of truth comes, this is still for you today. If you need guidance in your life, it's right there. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He does. Now, he doesn't tell you, like, what the lotto numbers are going to be. He doesn't do that. So don't, don't try that one. But if there's stuff you need to know about tomorrow, he'll tell you about tomorrow. Now, for the most part, I don't really care because, you know, I've trusted God for tomorrow already. So whatever comes tomorrow, it's in his hands. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Holy Spirit speaking for Jesus. You know, we say we have a relationship with Jesus, but we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. I'll keep it very simple based on that verse. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're not listening to Jesus. Because he said the Holy Spirit will speak for me. Amen? All that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. You should never be lost as a believer. You should never be lost when your marriage is under pressure. You should never be lost when your kids are running from God. You should never be lost when the bank account, you know, shattered. Tax man's after you. Repo man's after you. Everybody's after you. No. Because you've got something that's got more power than all of that. And I began to think, my relationship with the Holy Spirit not only is he this amazing power, but he also wants to work with you. And he wants to work in you. And he takes the pain. And he takes the brokenness. And he takes the disasters that you've made. I'm saying, you know, I'll speak for myself. And if you just begin to grow in that, he'll show you how to, how to unravel it. He'll show you how to iron things out. He'll show you how, to, how things work. And he'll show you things. And I'm telling you people, I don't know what you've been through. And this is where I'm going to because this is so unique. This, I don't think I've ever, in this context, I don't think I've ever done this. When I was preparing for this series, of course, you know, you guys know I, lo I love music and praise and worship. And, and you know, and, and I understood David Crowder. He's one of my favorite, favorite. I think that guy's so different, but, he, but I think he's real. You know, there's a lot. I'm not going to say this. I don't want to say names. There's a lot of praise and worship people that... They're good, their songs are great, but it's not, it's not real. You know, it's, it's, it's just a machine. Songs are still anointed. 
but it's more of a machine, you know, just a production. This guy gets pretty real. And as I was doing it, I came across a little song called Ghost. And it blessed me. I've heard it this week. I'm not lying. Monica's probably like so fed up with it because I get in the car here. I get, but it keeps, it keeps ministering to me, and it keeps ministering to me, it keeps ministering to me. And then I began to pray, and I said, Lord, where is this message? You know, how do, how do you close something like this? And then he said, you know, he spoke in my heart. He said, just, just, just run that song. And here's where we're going to go, what we're going to do this morning before we play it. I want you to take a moment right now. If you're not born again, and, and we've prepared it for the online audience, you guys aren't going to miss it. We're, we're coordinating everything together. But wherever you are right now, you know, the, the difficult things in your life, maybe the doctor's diagnostic, maybe your family is in shambles, maybe your addiction's out of control, maybe your kids are out of control, I don't know. But whatever it is, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. But you know, also, he wants to help you with you. With our little, because that's a big one there. I mean, a lot of people talk about how the Holy Spirit fixes everything on the outside. But I want to close this morning with how the Holy Spirit fixes everything on the inside. We all need, we all need this. Amen. Just because you see me up here with my little, you know, sports code and preaching, that doesn't, I need him. I, I, I think I need him more now than I did ever before. Because with, with our, at our level of ministry comes a lot of decisions, a lot of conversations. You know, you guys would love to be a fly on my wall, right? I mean, you're talking from people to Cuba to people to Ukraine to pastors in Mexico to our local churches and church in Laredo and people and people and counselings and prayers. And, you know, it can get overwhelming if I try to do it on my own. So I need that too because if I just start doing that on Kelvin, Kelvin's going to burn out. But if I do it through the Holy Spirit, I will never burn out. So I want you to listen to the lyrics. And you don't have to close your eyes because the lyrics are on the screen. But I am going to ask some RJ to, you know, cut the lights out and... And, and, and listen to the video, and I know the Holy Spirit's going to pray. I want to pray, RJ, before you run it, but go ahead and cut the lights out. And I want you to just bow your heads. Father, we just thank you this morning. And Lord, I know you specifically spoke to me that the Holy Spirit would move through this building and he would use the lyrics of this song to bless the people. And if you're here this morning, if you're watching me online, we're going to do this right now. If you've never given your life to Jesus, pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I invite you to take control of me. Forgive me for all my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Remind me that I am your child today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, Arjun. Get ready. 
worship you this morning. Just don't do anything. Don't move. Don't clap. His presence is here. Just like the air of those fans, he's all around you this morning. I got so emotional right now, and my emotion's not emotion, it's a presence. I recognize it any day. There's no reason for anybody to walk out of this room feeling alone, feeling betrayed, feeling abandoned. And I want you to take that and grow it, and grow it, and grow it. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And we thank you for your presence in this house. And we thank you for the life that you have placed in each and every one of us, God. That we, we finish, Father, this portion, knowing that we are not alone. And Father, if they can take one thing home with them, one thing is that you are the very air that we breathe. That you never left us, you never will leave us. Even when we've run hard and fast, 
Even when we abandoned you, God, you didn't abandon us. And we're ready for the fire. We're ready for the excitement. And we're ready to let all the negatives become positives in our life and all the darkness be illuminated by your presence. I'm telling you, some of you are being healed right now. There's a healing for pornography right now in this house, watching me online. Addictions of all kinds. They're moving. The Holy Spirit, if you just give him some space, you lay it down today. I was so close to having, you know, but I, I believe the Holy Spirit told me not to, to have just an altar call and come people come and understand this. But right there where you are, if you're on the online church, the same thing. I got my eyes closed. I'm not looking around at anybody. I got my areas of my life where I need to be closer and adapted and things that, that I need. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, he's here. And that little bridge that he's saying just moves me so much. He'll heal you. He'll heal you. If that's you this morning, just raise one hand to heaven. If you're tired of the mess, you're tired of the, the garbage, he'll help you get the garbage out. The doctor diagnosed you with something, he'll heal you right now. Not tomorrow, not in a week, now. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for this. We thank you for this moment. We don't trade this for anything, God. Father, my prayer is that this presence that's in this house somehow transfers completely over to everyone that's watching me online, God. That we are ready for a fire. We are ready for a move. And we will never, ever be ashamed of who you are and what you stand for. Thank you, wonderful Jesus. Thank you, wonderful Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Give him praise this morning. Come on, church. Woo! Praise God. Well, did you enjoy that this morning? That was good, right? You see, this that's happening in this house can be replicated every day of your life. You don't have to be alone. I'm so... so hungry for the supernatural. I want to see lives restored. I want to see people's lives changed. I want to see every one of you prospering beyond measure. I really do. With a heart of Jesus, with a heart for missions, with a heart to change the world, God. Because if we don't have that, what are we doing? If we don't have a, a I don't know, I'm, I'm running out of words, just a, a passion and a fire to see somebody's broken life change, then what are we doing? I don't want to be at church as usual. I don't want to just meet Sundays and do you know, our little thing. It has to be something more. And I think you're getting it this morning. I think that fire is on you. So what's the fire? That's the fire. Jeremiah said this, and Jeremiah said it in a time when he was not happy. He did not want to obey God. He did not want to do what God told him. God told him to do some hard things. And Jeremiah made a little statement that stays many, many years it stays with me. He says, there's a fire that's in my bones, and I can't help myself. He didn't want to do it. That, that thing came up of his rejection, and he finally breaks down pretty much the way Jesus said, Joe, Father, if this cup can pass. But the cup didn't pass. Jesus said, nope, no, Father. It's not my will, it's your will. That's my prayer for you this morning. Seek God like you've never sought him before. Amen? Glory be to Jesus. How do you, how do you stop a service like this? You don't. You just stop, right? <laughs>
Praise God. Give him another hand clap. Come on. Just give it to him. Father, we thank you so much. Glory, glory to God. What a powerful power. I didn't, I didn't know it was, I mean, I knew this was coming. I didn't know it was going to be this powerful. How many believe you were in the presence of God this morning? Amen. Just don't turn it off. Just don't turn it off, man. Just don't turn it off. The devil will try to do everything before you even get to your car. He'll try to turn it off for you. You make a decision, say, Holy Ghost, I'm not turning it off. Amen. All right, let's take care of some things and I'll let you get out of here. Number one, we have our BBS coming up and we're really, really excited about it. Um, it's going to be different. And I had a meeting with, with Angie and Yanis. And that's a, for some of you that don't know what our BBS has looked like, I just pulled a couple pictures. And, you know, we're believing God for this 200 kids to come and be in the presence. They said, Pastor, why do you do BBS? And I, I got a very simple answer. I believe in the seed. That's really it. I believe in the seed. I believe that we plant some of these kids, and some of you might have been kids in our VBS, you know, 20-something years ago. And um, I believe in that scene, you know. So we have, it was kind of funny because they were telling me about it, and I think it was Janice or Angie, somebody says, it's because the cabezones are coming. I'm thinking, is that my family? Or... I didn't know what the cabezones were. Well, apparently they're well known. How many know what the cabezones are? Anybody know what the cabezones are? We're going to have to show a video. <laughs> anyway, it's a group of, from Laredo. It's a music group, and, and it's a big, big production. So we're, we're bringing them, and, they, and they, they'll adapt to Christian churches and everything. So, so we're doing a lot of things different. We're bringing the, what is it, the Raspa truck? Or Conan's out of Laredo. So, you know, we, we really prayed. So we want to do something different. We're only doing it three days. But here's the thing. What, what's, what's going to make it successful is you. And, you know, because of, um, you know, we're, we're kind of moving through. COVID thing, but we want to still be respectful and, and do the best we can with the whole thing. So we only have 200 spots open. That means if you've got kids or you, or you want to, and, and I'm not talking to your own kids, you know, bring your neighbors, your friends. We have one prize. This church gives one prize every year. And yeah, Dean, I know. We don't even mess with that prize anymore, right? So, but there's a prize, and I, I hope somebody challenges Dina because she always wins it. Well, not she doesn't. She signs one kid. But what was the highest number you brought, Dina? 70-something? So whoever brings the most kids gets a prize. Well, Tina, she's like the gold Olympic medal winner of like not, never challenged ever for the last 10 years. But it would be good to give her a little run for her money and she'll try that much harder. But um, yeah, Tina, give her a hand clap. She brought 78 kids and more. That's just one year, you know, you multiply that by 10. You probably brought 1,000 kids to BBS, Tina. God bless your heart. But let's get excited. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, the, the 78 are just the grandkids, all right? She's not even bringing her, the, the, you know, the neighbors. That's just the family. God bless you. Let's get excited about making a difference. That's all I'm saying. You know, we are church. Say, we are church. No, we're not in church. We are church. So we have a budget. And again, the power of a church is if you look at things the way Jesus did. The power of a church is you. So if I say a number, you say, well, that's a lot of money. But if I break it down, it's not a lot of money. For example, our budget for, um, you know, we have, now we're dealing, Laredo is doing their BBS also, we're working with them, they're doing it separate from us, but our budget right now is $2,000 to pay for all the stuff that includes everything from gas, some of the foods, that the, some, well, some of the food got donated, but for example, the, the cabezones, you know, they're not, they're not a cheap gig, but we want to do it, we want to bless them, it's going to, I think it's going to be super fun, and it's just going to be exciting, you know, so the two things I need you to do, one is obviously get excited about it. 
we have some, as Kathy said, we have some sign-up lists. If you want to donate prizes, you can just pick a prize. Well, the only thing I'm asking is before you just, you know, don't go out there all excited, you know, I'm excited. Think about it and sign up and, and you know, there's gift cards. What we want to do this year is we want to reduce the price of gift cards so we can give more of them away. Because we want more kids to take stuff home. Amen? So, so our budget does not cover the prizes. You just got to sign up. And then, of course, we have slots for help for, for people who want to help. And I love this church because almost every year we have to tell people you can't help anymore because everything's filled. And the last thing is you want, you want a lot of people standing around. That doesn't help. So get, get excited. Get on the list. But re regarding the budget, you know, this is the way it breaks down. You know, if you say $2,000, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for any of us. But if you get 20 people, think about it. Now you broke it down to 100 bucks, right? Boom, it's taken care of. You get 40 people, you go down to 50 bucks. You can just do the math. But everyone's at a different place. And, and as I promise you, and I hope I promise you, we'll never have a high-pressure offering in this church because offerings are worship. They are worship. And if you think the lives of these kids are worth 100 bucks, then you give to them. Some people can give more. Some people can give a lot less. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you give. It just matters is that you partner up with us and you, and you see the vision. And I think I'm comfortable to say that this church, everything we tell you we do, We've never raised an offering, and then you say, well, I wonder what happened to the money. That's never happened. You know, we say, we're going to build, we build. We say, we're going to go into Cuba, Cuba. You know, whatever happens, happens. And I, I just want you to get excited. So, you know, do whatever you can. It's going to come up really quick. Um, Dennis, remind me of the dates again. There's a flyer on Facebook, Arjun, if you want to dig it out. Um, what's that? 10th? 9, 10th, 11th of June. 9, 10, 11. It's right in the middle of the week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So those are the dates. So we're just a few weeks away. So we need to take care of, care of things really quickly. So again, um, you know, if you want to do something today's fine, or if you're not ready next week, but again, go before the Lord. Just go before the Lord, you know. And God knows where you are financially. Like I said, some people can do more, some people can do less. It doesn't matter. What matters is your heart. You know, God never looks at the amount anyway. But if you believe, Jesus said, let the children, let the little ones come unto me for theirs is the kingdom. And that's the reason we do this, you know. First VBS we ever did was in my house. I'm not even going to talk about that. You know, Monica has repressed memories over that. So. But, you know, we've always had this crazy idea that, that, that we, can, we can change the kids. We can change people, you know. And it's just about a seed. We want to let them to know that there is an option. When you look at the world that your kids are being raised in, the school system, the high school, the junior high, colleges, my God, you need to believe or you need to help us give them an option. There's something else than to live a sinful, riotous life. There's something else. You don't have to drown yourself in drugs and immorality to be cool or to fit in. There's something else. That's why we do BBS. Because we want to plant the little seed to say there's something else out there. Amen? The last thing I want to say is tomorrow we are, some, we are sending some money to Cuba. We didn't send last week. I talked to Pashoet. He's doing good. Things are moving good. But if also Cuba's on your heart and you want to sow something tomorrow, we're transferring some money towards Cuba right now all that money is going to feed people you know we've sent lots of money over the years for construction for the farm and for other things but right now it is it is about food and thank God I talked to Pastor Joe and he says you know if you can imagine you know, people are talking about an inflation rate in America the inflation you ready for this one in the last six months in Cuba has been over a thousand percent we're over here griping about 4%. They used to buy a, a kilo of rice for 4 pesos, 4 Cuban pesos. Today, that same kilo costs 60 pesos. It's a kilo of rice. 
dollars. So if you can figure it's about 25 to 1. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I don't even want to go there. But anyway, pray for Cuba. If you, if you, if God, if you know some of you have Cuba on your heart, if you want to do something today online or, or cash, we'll just make sure you, you put missions on, on the online giving. Just tag missions so we know that money's directed there. And the BBS fund, I don't think we have a BBS per specific fund, but I think we do have a, um, I forget what all the drop-down menus are, but there, there's one there that we can identify. I think it might be special or something like that. But, but either way, you know, um, we will start, you know, moving that money towards the, towards the BBS fund. Amen? All right. Laura? I'm sorry? Is it today? I thought you said it was on on their their trip, right? Well, we we did want to uh, pray for the seniors, so I'll tell you what, why don't let's all stand and bring up, we're going to go ahead and take care of that then. So all the seniors of, if you're here and you're a senior in Heavenville, come up here to the front, everybody, everyone go ahead and stand, come on, be obedient. We're going to pray for them, then next week we'll pray for Bruni, that that we'll take care of. So y'all come up here, we're so excited for y'all. Anybody else graduating? All the boys failed, huh? No, just kidding. <laughs> All right, Diana, you come up here. You're a, you're a teacher and an anointed minister of God, so help me pray for these young ladies. I'll pray and you just lay hands up. Father, I just thank you this morning. Lord. I just say thank you, Father, that these young ladies, Lord, as we pray for them, Lord, I know that they will go to different directions. But Father, what I pray today, that's really my prayer for them, that the seed and the fire of the Holy Spirit planted so deep within them, Father, I pray for them, I bless them, that whatever decision they made in their future, that they will be, their steps are guided by God, and Father, through this whole thing, the voice of the Holy Spirit will always be present. Father, I see every one of these young ladies succeed in their endeavors, in their college, if that's the choice, and I call them blessed. I thank you, Lord, because this is a landmark. This is a landmark their whole life, since they little kids, they've been in this place, and today, bless them, and I thank you, Father, that they are anointed and appointed to, to go to the next level in their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's give them a big hand clap. Congratulations, guys. You may be seated. God bless you. Praise God. Just remain standing. I'll get you out of here. Father, we thank you for a great service. We thank you, Lord. What a presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the offerings that are going to Cuba, the offerings that are going for BBS, and the, and the offerings that keep the church running, Lord. We thank you that every seed is valued in front of your eyes. There's not a seed that that is sown that you forget about it. From the pennies to the thousands, Father, you are involved in every seed. And I pray, Father, right now for anyone that is dealing with financial situations, that you open doors, God, that you you show them that the power is in their hand and that every seed will come with a harvest to 30, 60, and 100 fold. Father, until I see them again, I pray the peace of God that passeth all understanding to go with them wherever they go. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. With that, you are dismissed. God bless you. Wednesday, 6 p.m. prayer. And this afternoon, if you're in Laredo, if you have people in Laredo, 2 p.m. Faithway Laredo. You are dismissed. God bless you.